You're listening to Inside Tulsa Sports, your home for inside info, news, and discussions of Golden Hurricane Athletics. Join us at InsideTulsaSports.com. Welcome back to the Inside Tulsa Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Harmon, publisher and managing editor of Inside Tulsa Sports on the Rivals Network and Yahoo Sports. And we are recording this episode on Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. So Tulsa football is coming off a big win. And they're set to travel to Oxford, Mississippi to face number 16 Ole Miss. So that is going to be huge. And Jerry Ostrowski, TU Hall of Famer, is going to join me in a bit to discuss Tulsa's matchup at Ole Miss. Uh, Jerry has plenty of experience back when he was at TU from 88 to 91 in going on the road and playing ranked Power 5 opponents and uh, really also at home. I mean, they played a ton of ranked Power 5 schools, home and away, uh, back in those seasons. So... It'll be great to get his perspective on all of that. Uh, to me, this season just feels different. Uh, there's been two wild finishes in the first two games, something that seems all too common for TU over the past few years. But then there's the situation with running backs Daneric Prince and Anthony Watkins, the two leading returning rushers, not playing with no explanation other than they're still on the team. And offensive lineman Bryce Bray is in the same situation. So that's been unusual. And Coach Montgomery's offense is really a physical run-first scheme, but these first three games have been completely different. And it's partly out of necessity, as TU's ranked, I believe, 108th in rushing so far. But the passing game is soaring behind the arm of Davis Brin. Uh, He has just been absolutely killing it and when you look at statistics uh, right now he is leading the nation uh, through the first three games in yards per game 402 yards per game and and it's not because he has the most attempts Uh, I think he sits at let's see here he sits at number 11 nationally in attempts so um, the guy with the most attempts is Gavin Hardison at UTEP, and he's only averaging 247 yards per game. Uh, But Brent is just lighting it up, has the most passing yards overall, 1,206, and the most, most touchdowns with 11 through three games, and that's with only one interception. And then you, you go over and you look at Keelan Stokes, his main target, and he is third right now in yards per game nationally at 152.3. And that is on 28 receptions. And Juan Carlos Santana sits at number nine nationally at 108.7 yards per game. So those two guys are getting a workout each game. And, I mean, sticking on that theme... Davis Brin has the most passes nationally for 10-plus yards, the most nationally for 20-plus yards, and the most nationally for 30-plus yards. 
So 47 of his completions have gone over 10 yards, 23 of them over 20 yards, and he has 11 that have gone over 30. He has He's thrown five passes with 40-plus yards. And then Stokes, he leads the nation in receptions that are over 10 yards. He's got 20 of them. So they are on fire in the passing game, which just overall leads the nation. Tulsa is number one in passing at 413 yards a game. Uh, Second is Washington, and that's 388 yards, and then Georgia's behind them at 376. And then Texas Tech, which is always up there. And then you look at the just offensive leaders, just total offense. Ohio State leads the nation at 565 yards, a little over 565 per game. And Tulsa's sitting at 8th in the nation at 523.7 yards per game. Now, obviously, the large majority of that is coming through the air and getting that running game on track is going to be necessary uh, throughout the remainder of the season. I mean, guys are making strides, it seems. Steven Anderson, Bill Jackson showed some flashes last week, had a big run, and they're going to have to continue that progress there. The, the offensive line continuing to, to gel is going to be big. And especially when you're traveling to Oxford, Mississippi, to face a top-20 team. I think they're actually number 13 uh, Ole Miss in the coaches' poll and number 16 in the AP poll. But TU is definitely showing progress through the first three games. They seem to be getting better each game. The offensive line seems to be coming together. They're making minor strides in in the running game. It really needs to progress at a faster rate if they want to accomplish what they want to accomplish this season. But the passing game has has been fantastic, obviously. 54-17 on Saturday night over Jacksonville State. Bren was fantastic. 27 of 35 for 424 yards and four touchdowns. That somehow wasn't good enough to get... AAC Player of the Week. Uh, That went to Plumlee from UCF. I think he threw for like 339 yards and a touchdown and then ran for 121 yards and two scores. So I get it, but Bryn was was right up there for sure. Uh, Tulsa led 40-3 to at halftime. And Keelan Stokes finished uh, with... Another big game, nine catches for 153 yards. Juan Carlos Santana uh, caught three for 137 all in the first half and averaged 45.7 yards per catch with a long of 59. And Bryn was really throwing the deep ball well in that game, which really I thought he had, had struggled with a little bit in the first couple of games, but he was really dialed in. And maybe I shouldn't harp on the 
running game too much. They've obviously done enough to um, get some semblance uh, of balance to give uh, or to go along with the passing attack and come up with wins in these last two games. Obviously, if they could get Anthony Watkins uh, or Daneric Prince back, that would be helpful. Um, But before we get into uh, my conversation with Jerry to preview the Ole Miss game, uh, let's get into a little bit of recruiting information. So on the recruiting front, TU Basketball hosted 2023 big man J.T. Toppin of Faith Family Academy in Dallas uh, last week for an official visit. He was on campus Tuesday through Thursday. Unfortunately, on Monday, he committed to New Mexico uh, just this past Monday. And he also had offers from Arizona State, George Washington, and Akron. Um, he, He had been on the Tulsa campus before for a uh, team or a individual camp, one of uh, Coach Conkle's camps in the summer. And I think New Mexico had been recruiting him for a while. Um, this is the second big man to visit recently and then uh, commit else, elsewhere. Matt Reed was the other. But I think TU is going to get one of these to stick soon. It, it's going to happen. They're, they appear to be recruiting the right kids. They're recruiting good talent highly rated, highly recruited kids, and they're going to get get a couple to stick here. Um, I think they'll, they're likely going to have another big man visit soon. Um, I've been uh, talking to some recruits and, and high school coaches, and uh, there is something in the works that, that may get moved up even as soon as this weekend. So keep an eye out over at Inside Tulsa Sports. We'll keep that info updated over there this week. Uh, Tulsa football remains at 10 verbal commitments in the 2023 class. There really haven't been any new offers out recently. Um, TU did have one recruit in for an official visit last weekend, which was wide receiver Ashton Schumann from uh, Clear Springs High School in League City, Texas. He is already committed to Tulsa, committed back in June. I've talked to Ashton a few times recently, and uh, we'll have a story coming on him this week over at Inside Tulsa Sports. Uh, just chatting about his official visit and why he chose TU and kind of give an update on uh, how he's doing this season. Uh, And if you want to read up on another TU commit, we had an article on uh, Tulsa Union defensive back uh, Devin Robinson last week. Um, And you can find out more info on all all of Tulsa's commitments over at Inside Tulsa Sports. We're providing updates on each recruit as their season progresses. So that's just a little bit on recruiting. Now let's jump into my conversation with Jerry Ostrowski. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. TU Hall of Famer and longtime Buffalo Bills starter Jerry Ostrowski joins me to discuss Tulsa's upcoming game at Ole Miss. Uh, how about those Bills, Jerry? I was going to say, man, I'd, I'd rather talk an hour about, uh, <laughs> about that game last night. I mean, shoot, that's too uh, – got to understand, man, they – they have they have beat the Super Bowl champ and the number one seed in the AFC now in the yeah. last two weeks. Um, I think I saw some statistics earlier today. Uh, Josh Allen in the last four games, including last year's playoffs, 
uh, is like 117 to 131 for over a thousand, like 1600 yards, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, just playing tremendous football. So, but you know, it's it's just like anything. It's 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 a team thing. Uh, obviously, that energy goes throughout the the roster, and those guys seem to like one another. You had a guy like Von Miller, and uh, oh yeah, it's a good recipe for success. Yeah, for sure. Well, something that you have a lot of experience with, uh, TU goes on the road to play a ranked Power 5 school this weekend playing at number 13 slash number 16 Ole Miss. Um, back in your day, uh, 88, that was your first season, right, 88? Yes, sir. Yeah, and you guys, uh, I know you opened, you, you beat Kansas State. That was at home, right, but Kansas State wasn't Kansas State. Uh, no, back. Kansas State was one of the two worst teams in the country, and right. they were both in the state of Kansas. Yeah, yeah, and then yep. uh, you you had a close loss on the road at Arkansas. You guys played at number 13, Oklahoma State, and at number three, Miami. Your next season, you were at number nine, Arkansas, at Iowa, at Wake Forest, and then you had the close loss to Oregon in the Independence Bowl. Uh, and then your next season at OSU, and then back-to-back at number 15, Arkansas, at number 11, Oklahoma. And in 91, you had the three huge home games beating Oklahoma State, number 15, Texas A&M, the game everybody talks about all the time and and, uh, for good reason, and then uh, hosting number two, Miami. So just talk about – I mean, you you played in a ton of them. Um, I mean, that doesn't happen as much anymore, getting that many in a season, but – just the mindset, you know, going in to those games, uh, you know, as, as obviously people looking at, oh, well, here's Tulsa coming in. And Lane Kiffin had some good things to say about Tulsa already, you know, and about their passing offense. But what kind of mindset, what, what do you have to do going in there? And also in the game, you know, if, if you get a lead or you get behind, do you have to have kind of a different, you know, way of thinking then, uh, or is it just all the same? I think, first of all, people need to realize that these, these games are why, you know, when you go to a Tulsa, you go to a non-P5, you go to a P6 school, these are these are the games that you, you want to play. These are the games you're looking forward to because, you know, most of the guys, and I would say, I would say it should be all of them. If they don't, then... I don't know, maybe there's a reason or I'm not quite sure why, but, you know, when you go to a Tulsa, a lot, most of those guys, and not all of them, got a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. You know, everybody on that field thinks they should be playing at Ole Miss. Everybody on that field thinks they should be at OU. They should be at Oklahoma State. Um, you know, and it's, it's just the way it is. The beautiful thing is once you get to Tulsa, you realize, you know, yeah, my stadium doesn't hold 80,000 or I don't have this or that, but you realize that that it's just as awesome a place as anywhere else. And, you know, you, you get there and you have pride in your school, but you walk around with a chip on your shoulder. You want to prove something. And I always felt I played my best games against my best opponents. It seemed that they were my best weeks of practice. I was edgy all week. I was nervous. Um, there's just something about playing in big games and playing in front of big crowds and playing in 
in, in playing against perceived um, top 25 or national powerhouses that it just kind of gets you going, man. And, and you know, this is going to be no different. I mean, if you look at this, if you look at the statistics, I think Tulsa's covered seven of eight or seven of ten, um, you know, playing against teams like this. And we've won games against teams like this. We beat Notre Dame. We beat we beat big teams. Talked about our game against A&M and all that stuff. So sure. um, it's a it's a it's a huge week for these guys because they all, you know, they all got that chip. They all want to prove themselves, and they know that this is the stage to do it on. And I would not, I would not doubt if this is not the best week of preparation for, for, uh, for the team. They'll be locked in. They got good confidence off of last week, and I think they'll be ready to go. Yeah, and that's. I mean, you make a good point there. Um, that that you know everybody gets up for for these type of games, and it could, you know, it could be a little bit of a trap game for Ole Miss because the next week they host number eight Kentucky. So, right. You know, and everybody talks about that. And Kiffin was even asked, you know, how do you keep your players from looking past Tulsa when they have, I mean, is that, is that a legitimate thing? Psych, you know, um, the psychology no, of this. I mean, exactly. I mean, we've all had, we've all had to take psychology electives, right? If we're not psych majors, right. we've all had to sit in a couple of psych classes. Yeah. And you know, you hear that term all the time in class called human, it's human nature, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's human nature for a team like Ole Miss to, to, you know, while, while, you know, while sleep and JC and Brynn and, and, and Simon and the D line and the O line, I mean, while they're walking around campus all week, you know, you know, chewing, chewing metal and spit nails and are, and are, and are pissy and are ready to go. Ole Miss is Cadillac in this week, you know, yeah, yeah. they might be hanging out, not working as hard, you know, worried about Kentucky coming in. Oh, it's just Tulsa. And yeah, I don't, I don't like the term trap game. And I don't think that there's any, I don't think that that term will even hold water much anymore considering the amount of talent that's being washed down to, to the P sixes and the, the one double A's and the division twos. Yeah, true. Because, you know, because of the transfer portal and all that. But, um, you know, because all, all, all teams got really good players anymore. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's human nature, man. It's just the way it goes. And, and that's why you hope that you start well on the road. That's probably the biggest thing about playing in these games. You want to start well. Um, now, now, <laughs> now, granted, if you watch Nebraska OU, they started really well, and they finished really poorly. <laughs> but, you know, to give yourself a chance, you want to start well, and you want to come out of the gates and, and get some confidence. And even if you're down, like we were down in the locker room when we played A&M, even if you're down, you know that, you know what, we're down, but we had a couple of bad breaks. We can play with these guys. We're, we're good. And, you know, it gives you that confidence, uh, you know, continuing into the football. Yeah. And you know it's interesting that Tulsa's three and zero against Ole Miss. They, they obviously haven't played since the nineteen sixty four Blue Bonnet Bowl. I was and, say was, was Glenn Dobbs still quarterback? Well, it was J- Jerry Rome was tossing it around, and, and Willie Towns was leading the TU defense uh, yeah, back back then. So, um, but Ole Miss is is three and zero. They they won twenty eight ten over Troy. 
uh, 59-3 over Central Arkansas and then blew out Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech 42-0 last week. And I watched a little bit of that game. I mean, Ole Miss opens as a 20-point favorite over over TU. Um, and TU and Ole Miss are tied at 18th nationally in points per game, at 43 per game. Uh, but, I mean, Mississippi's defense um, so far, and, and, you know, I mean, you gauge that against uh, the, the opponents, but um, tied second nationally in scoring defense. They've given up, I think, one touchdown and two field goals uh, so far. They're allowing 71.7 yards on the ground and 192.7 through the air. Um, and then they're uh, on offense. I mean, the strength has been running, and their offensive line have been opening huge holes for their running backs. Um, they're kind of in a two-quarterback deal, guys battling. Um, the dart kid played the most of the game uh, against Georgia Tech. But, I mean, I, I wasn't impressed in, in what I saw in their passing game so far. But, um, I mean, it looks like the 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 defense, TU's defense, is going to have to really um, zero in on that rushing attack because those, those guys are – um, really running downhill. I don't know if you've watched them much. No, they're yeah. I mean, they're a big physical team, and and you know, Kiffin's a very, very for all of Kiffin's faults. Um, Kiffin's a very very good football coach, and I also think that Kiffin, his time he spent with Saban, learned some things, especially in the running game and the importance of of making sure you establish the run. Yeah. Um, they lost a vet quarterback, so they're young there. They're inexperienced there. Um, so, yeah, obviously you're going to rely on your running game. Um, I'm sure that that's one of the things they want to try to do against us is establish the run um, because they're just – I mean, yeah, they are a massive SEC type of offensive line. But, um, you know, we've – I'll say this. I haven't seen us play team football like this uh, in quite a while. I think that we're playing tremendous team football, both sides of the ball. This week, we cleaned up our our special teams um, issues. Yeah, had a had a solid or complete of a football game as we played in some time. Now, don't sit here and tell me that they're only a one double A team when last year you railed on on the on the team because they got beat by UC Davis. Right, right. You can't have the both. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Um. You know, UC Davis is a great football team, went far into the one double A playoffs. Jacksonville uh, State is a team that's transitioning to um, Division One yeah. from Division One double A, or I should say, I'm sorry, FBS right. from FCS. Um. So they've got good players as well. They were a good football team, scoring at a very very high rate before we played them. Um, you know, I think our defense is doing a really good job of playing uh, assignment football. Um, not for the most part, you know, good issue in the first game, but for the most part, not really giving up the huge play or the backbreaker. You know, keeping everything in front of them. They have an opportunity. They're making the they're making plays and get turnovers. So. Um, that's just kind of the thing you're going to have to do against Ole Miss as well. I think that, you know, when you play these types of games, I think people get wrapped up in you've got to you got to have some sort of glorious game plan, right? Yeah. 
You know, we've been playing a we've been playing a three man front. Well, we're going to practice inside all week because we're going to put in a we're going to put in a five man front, a five two to stop the run, and we're going to change everything we do. And we're going <laughs> to you don't do those things in, in these games, right? You continue to do what you do well, and and the, the best thing you can do is is continue to work on yourself, continue to to practice fundamentals, be fundamentally strong. And, and eliminate mistakes because the mistakes in these games are what, you know, they usually get going downhill and then things get out of hand. You just have to, you just have to go ahead and keep doing your deal. And, and, you know, it's not about coming up with some crazy stuff to do. Um, you know, I remember when we, <laughs> we got beat by Houston, 82 to 82 to 28 in the, in the Astrodome, uh, then defense coordinator, Bob Rush, change the defense in the parking lot in the walkthrough before the game oh wow and um yeah that that <laughs> didn't work so what we did what we did was we took our best pass rusher some guy named dennis bird oh um, that guy and we, and we put him we put yeah that guy and we put him in a flex nose so we put him about three yards off the ball over the center so that like at least three offensive linemen could get a shot at him at all times <laughs> So, um, but yeah, anyway, you don't do those types of things. You continue to do your fundamentals and you work on yourself and, um, you know, you just try to eliminate those big mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's a good point about limiting the, the, the big plays. Um, Ole Miss is third nationally for rushing plays of 10 plus yards with 29 and, uh, oh, yeah. yeah and it's a good football team. Yeah. Yeah, and they're a good football team. But the thing I like about running, the thing I like about playing against a team that runs the ball, yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to at some point get stops and get off the field on third down. And when you run the ball, you control, you know, you control the chains and things like that. But the thing that I like about it is, is usually the running, the usually teams that run, you know, you're not going over the top for eighty, right? You're, uh, you're, you're trying to. You know, you keep everybody in front of you. It's a little bit different type of thing where, you know, like Tulsa last week, like we had two or three scores over the top, um, big plays. And um, you just have to play against a team that runs the ball. At least, you know, they're they're right in front of you. You know where they are at all times. Yeah, and, I mean, Bryn, Bryn has been fantastic. Uh, he's He's got the weapons there with, with Santana and Stokes and Jones and Epps. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like those guys have a ton of confidence right now. And, you know, you look at what Bryn did on the road at Ohio State last season, he's certainly capable of going into this game and, and continuing to do what he's doing. So, I mean, I think that gives them a, a great opportunity. And like you said, I mean, them playing team ball, I, I mean, it feels – it feels different. I mean, so far these first three games to me, for some reason, um, just in comparison to the last couple of seasons, I don't know if you get that same vibe. No, I, I said this in Wyoming. Uh, I was sitting with uh, Fallon Way Casey, coach Raider and um, a friend of ours named um, Wes Keen. And then one of my best buddies from back home that, moved to Denver about 25 years, 20, 25 years ago. Um, guy I grew up with named Rick. We were all sitting there talking. And I looked at coach and said, uh, they had just tied the game or they got, they got 
up on us after us having a big lead. And, um, you know, I looked at coach and said, it's different down there. And he says, what do you mean? I said, there's no bickering. There's no finger pointing. Nobody's, nobody's going into any sort of, uh, you know, me, me, me hysterics uh, or anything like that. I said, you need to see it. They're, they're locked in. They're, they're slapping hands. They're patting each other on the back, tapping helmets, being, being positive. And I hadn't seen that out of that football team the last couple of years. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, you tweak a few things and then all of a sudden, you know, stuff changes. I think they've really done a good job. Coach Monty's done a tremendous job of really trying to instill that, that whole team aspect, eliminating the, the, the penalties, um, you know, especially the dumb penalties. We haven't had near the penalties or silly penalties that we had last year, um, you know, uh, really, really trying to bring these team, this team together, really trying to work on all those things. So I think, I think Coach Monty, it started as soon as the season was over, starts in the weight room, goes through spring football, it goes into fall camp. Um, you can see the difference. And and it's funny that you said that because right away at that first game, that's one of the first things we talked about. We've seen, you know, we saw, uh, it was pretty glaring Wyoming. That, this, is a, this is a tight football team. Um, they're together in this, and uh, it was good to see. Yep, totally agree. Well, hey, I know you're a busy dude. Thanks uh, so much for, for jumping on here with me, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll – maybe see a, a, a huge victory this weekend for TU. Exactly. I'm rolling down to the game, and uh, it'll be fun to be down there and see it. But, uh, yeah, go uh, go TU and, and go Bills. Great conversation with Jerry, as always. Thanks again to him for coming back on the podcast. Just want to finish up here with uh, some uh, audio clips from Coach Montgomery talking about Ole Miss and then also – uh, Lane Kiffin from his press conference talking about TU. So if you um, don't hear Coach Montgomery's audio clip when I go to it, it's because it's only coming in on your left channel. So that means you're only listening to the right channel. So you need to either be listening to both channels or at least the left channel to, to hear Montgomery's comments. But uh, here is uh, what Coach Monty said just in – uh, general about Ole Miss. Obviously, uh, got Ole Miss this week. You know, Coach Kiffin has done an outstanding job there. Uh, that program just continues to rise. I think they're 13 in one poll, 16 in the next poll. Um, the number one, or I think they're the number two scoring defense in the country, giving up like four points a game. I think they've only given up 13 all year long. Um, I think they're like, what, fifth in the country in sacks. 16th overall defense, uh, 10th like in rushing, something to that nature. And then you look at them offensively, I think they're averaging 43 points a game. So you know they're putting up a lot of big numbers. And um, we've got a great challenge and a great test for us. So uh, I'm excited about uh, the opportunity. I know our guys are as well. And uh, getting back on the practice field and going to work and preparing. For so this next clip is uh, Coach Montgomery talking about the – Ole Miss offense? Uh, you know, everybody's got their own unique twist to things. I mean, I know they're going to play with a little tempo. Obviously, they're playing two quarterbacks right now. They got three running backs back there that can all, I mean, 
Bentley, we played for multiple years, uh, transferred from SMU, uh, and he's he's like their third back coming in. You know, they got a true freshman in there that that's got great vision, that can really roll, and then the guy that's actually leading them in yards and, and everything else. I mean, very very talented. They're big up front. I think every one of them are six five, three hundred or better, uh, and they can bend and move. Uh, they got big tight ends that are adding to that part of it, but also a threat in the passing game. And then you look at their receivers. I mean, they're all 6'2 or better uh, on the outsides, and, and those guys can make plays down the field, and they're going to try to stretch you that way. I don't think they're doing quite as much quarterback run as they did with Correll, but uh, you know those guys can pull it down, and they're asking them to pull it down and do some things like that. So um, it's going to be a great test for our defense for sure. This last clip of uh, Coach Montgomery is uh, him talking about the TU defense uh, going up against Ole Miss. Well, I got a lot of faith in our defensive staff and those guys, and, and more importantly, uh, our guys on the field. And so uh, we've got to do a good job schematically of, of getting them in the right spots and then letting them play. And so um, our defense has gone against some big tests before. Um, we'll continue to go against some big tests throughout this year. This is going to be a, uh, a big one come Saturday. Uh, but I got a lot of faith in those guys and what they can do and the way they come together. And then uh, this last audio clip, this is Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin uh, talking about Tulsa. He doesn't specifically say Tulsa, but, but uh, he's talking about TU. You'll figure that out when he, he says the number one passing offense. So here we go. Obviously, we've got a lot of work to do with better opponents coming up. And starts with the number one pass offense in the country by far, not even close. So, you know, this is a totally different challenge than we've had. And, um, you know, I think some people would say the best team that we've played. Most challenging team for sure, you know, schematically and passing game and then the defense is very unique even though we do a lot of the same stuff um, over the last two years it's very unique from other people uh, that does it for this episode stay tuned this week to inside tulsa sports as we'll have an article on tu commit ashton schumann uh, larry lewis's preview of tulsa at ole miss uh, some basketball recruiting info and much more and make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you can give us a, a rating over there, that would be fantastic. Follow us on Twitter at Golden Hurricane is our main Twitter handle. And you can find me at Chris Harmon ITS. Uh, Inside Tulsa Sports is also on, on Facebook if you want to follow us over there. Uh, if you're not already part of the Inside Tulsa Sports community, head over to Tulsa.Rivals.com and register for a free account. Um, I would encourage you to subscribe to our premium content or at least take the seven-day free trial uh, so you can check out the incredible amount of info we have over there, um, daily information in Hurricane Alley, which is our uh, subscriber forum. So that'll do it, and uh, we will catch you in the next episode of the Inside Tulsa Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 